Yo, G-Man from the G-Show. Let's talk about life and what we know. You want to have a seat with the top dog. Be ready to get down with the real talk. All jokes aside, welcome to the G-Man Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the G-Man Show. And I'm your host, Alex G-Man. Today, we have an extremely special guest. A very, very interesting person who has recreated our Facebook environment with one of the most interesting groups out there called Toronto Mummies. And her name is Alicia Fulsinski. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having How me. How is your day on a Sunday morning? I am so hard to do a podcast on a Sunday after a Saturday night. You know, I'm, I'm in the club industry and it's like... But, cheers to the good show. Thank you. Did you party last night? No, man. I'm in that age where my best idea of a party is... Um, on Facebook. No. <laughs> oh, no, that sounds sad. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, I it's, it's lying in your bed after having a nice dinner and be so grateful you don't have to go anywhere. Because I worked yesterday until 8 p.m. What do you do aside from uh, running the I'm group? a real estate agent. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah. now it's it's crazy. How, how's the market now? Well, it's it cooled down a little bit. Is it? Since I, yeah, since I work a lot with buyers, for me, that's even a little bit better. But right now, they, what, they raised the mortgage rate? This, this they did a little bit, yeah. And are you feeling it? Are you feeling well, like we it? feel it in people's perception of things because a lot in Toronto depends. I've been doing it for many years. And in Toronto, a lot depends on how confident people are about the market. So if people feel like, oh, my God, it's going to grow, they run, they start investing, they start buying, selling because they're looking for that growth. And then when the government releases something that's supposed to stop it, people stop. And they wait to see where it's gonna go. So now, so, basically, everybody stopped. Well, not everyone, but like it's it's been almost the market almost half the size it should have been for springtime. Wow. We'll get to the real estate part later. Sure, Please, uh, I want to know how the idea of the group of Toronto Miami came out. I think it was 2012, right? It was 2013. 13. So there's a story behind it. There's a lot of things that came to it to be, but the story behind it, there's the practical story and the spiritual story. So um, practically speaking, we were in a small Montreal group. I just had my son, and I'm the type of a woman that didn't have a lot of girlfriends. So even like I didn't have a baby shower because I didn't have anyone to invite. I had mostly guy friends that I was working with and a couple of girlfriends who were older. And uh, one of my friends said, hey, I'm going to invite you to a really small group in Montreal of Russian moms. And just, you know, when we're bored and where we sit at night and, you know, can't sleep with the baby, we just communicate. So they invited me over and uh, I spent time there and I really liked the environment all of a sudden. I don't know if it was the hormones or what, but <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't, it was a new environment for me, right? Because I would usually chill with guys. And I really liked the environment, and, and I got inspired by it a little bit. Uh, but they didn't like that we were from Toronto, and they didn't want us asking Toronto questions. Uh, that's the practical uh, reason why Toronto Mom was created, but it wasn't, it wasn't very popular from the first day it was created. For a couple of months, it was just a standstill group, right? And people were adding themselves, but we weren't really developing it. The spiritual story, which is 
you know, has more romance into it, is a little bit more interesting because I wanted to work for with women for many, many years. And on the charity side, I worked with uh, abused women a little bit. I volunteered with them. I, I was thinking a lot about women's issues. And I was, my father had a stroke. Now, my father is a um, controversial figure. My whole family is full of controversial figures. Why? Why is a very philosophical question, but uh, we can talk about each one of them separately. Sure. My father was controversial because he wasn't always a nice guy to everyone around him, right? He was going through his own personal struggles, and a lot of times he was alone and didn't have a lot of friends around him or didn't want to have a lot of friends around him. But in 2013, while he was still very young, he had a very serious stroke. So here I am in the hospital, and it's the first day, second day, we're not sure if he's going to live, and then it's the third day, we know he's going to live, but he's not going to be well. And he has so many people that came to his bedside in the ICU and later in the other you know, places that he was, but it was still ICU day three. And here's my dad, and here are all these people um, that weren't always around him when he was, or that he wasn't always very nice to. And I was thinking to myself, why are they here? And one of the reasons why they were there is because he created this non-for-profit that he was part of, and uh, they were there for him, supporting him. So they were playing music at his bed. They were coming from all kinds of cities uh, to support him. And I thought, wow, in my immigration here in Canada, my generation, 10 years ago, we didn't have that. There was nothing that's gonna bring us together. But I remember being a little girl and my dad and my mom, we always had people hang out in our house. They had me very young, so they'll go to sleep and there'll be like 20 people drinking and playing music and having fun. And I thought, you know, we need that. We're missing that. And then, I don't know if it was the pot lights or me being so tired, I was hallucinating, but there was like a voice in my ears and like I almost felt like a light come in telling me, well, then you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. I wonder which, was there another light that came together with that one? <laughs> oh, you never know, right? <laughs> no, I was, I was completely sober. All right, all right. But I had that feeling and, and we, I started developing Toronto Mommies and I had a very, at that point in my life, there was so much going on can we swear on this show absolutely there was We're so drinking. much shit going on in my life that even if i remember now it was so scary for me but it was a difficult year for me very difficult one of the most difficult and Toronto mommies was like a refuge i started creating it and that's where you saw me the first time I remember yeah. I, I used to own uh, Kafka's and you guys at the party and I came, I came, like, such a cool idea. This was like, I think it was like 30 of you, right? Yeah, 28. And you were and you were catering to everybody, you were making sure everything is okay. I mean, I felt, it felt really cool. I really remember that evening well. Do you it's remember that? I do. I always sat in the corner. I uh, drank a little. Uh, bit. I didn't. Do you, <laughs> I was, do you remember me? I remember you sitting there, but I, I didn't focus. I was on checking you. out thirty girls. I was like, listen, I, I came in. <laughs> it was supposed to be for five minutes, and then I walk in. I see like thirty broads. I'm like, holy crap, mommies! I'm like, who's single? Who's not? I remember you told me that one, that one, that one. But um, you know what you don't know <laughs> is that evening was very tough for me on a personal level because Why? my husband was in Russia with his dying mother. That was one of my best friends. And we just found out that she was 
dying you probably won't be able to save her so i'm stepping out to get these calls walking back in and i have to smile and i think the concept of mother and how important that is for me that was part of the story as well you know it happens to you you don't make it happen in that moment i'm thinking about my mother or me being a young mother going through all of this and on his mother who's such a superstar woman dying and being in Russia and I wanted to bring her in Canada. So the whole thing kind of came to be and I fell in love with these women. I really did. Tell me about the growth, the growth of, because of, you went from obviously from like 30 girls yeah. to whatever I'm seeing online is insane. You know? I remember when the group first started, it was really being active. I think it was May. And my thought was, oh my God, it's gonna be so amazing if my by my birthday in August, we're gonna have 500 people. I was like, oh, it's gonna be such a dream come true. And then we had like almost 2000 by August. So the growth was phenomenal. Cause you have to remember that nine years ago, there was nothing like this. After that, a couple of groups repeated what we did and took a lot of our members and did certain things with it, but it didn't exist. Oh, I don't think there will ever exist a group like yours. <laughs> Well, now you're flattering me. <laughs> I don't know for some. <laughs> well, depends on perception, right? But, we'll get uh, to that. We got, it was very fast uh, growth. There were so many people who wanted to be a part of this, so many mommies, because we also had like a birth boom in the year prior to that, and the social media was becoming more prominent, and all of a sudden we came in, and this was like a new thing, so the growth was pretty amazing. One of the... And then something bad happened that made, you know, made the group grow as well. But unfortunately, that was not so amazing. What, what happened? Uh, in July of that year, a girl died in a home daycare that was unlicensed in Vaughan. I remember that story. Yeah. And we, I was um, the spokesperson for the family. And that made a lot of people join. That was the first time we were in the news. I, so, I saw, I saw, I read some articles that you guys changed a lot of regulations or some. Not a lot, some. I worked with, um, there was so much involved around that situation, but a lot of mommies who knew what was going on in that daycare didn't want to come out and snitch. But at the same time, there were a lot of people who knew that it's becoming increasingly an environment that wasn't safe and weren't saying anything. And uh, so certain people were coming to me, telling me their stories and allowing me to pass it forward, whether it was authorities or news places. So I started being involved in that way. And then uh, the Minister of Education of Ontario had called, contacted me and I contacted them several times and we talked about what's next. And uh, one of the things that mattered at that point to me, I was so surprised that we live in Canada and you think that you know it's such a safe environment for everyone maybe now after COVID not everyone right, thinks right. that COVID <laughs> right but nine years ago a lot of the sentiment was like well this can't happen and I found out that home daycares in Ontario are not licensed are not registered could be completely in you know un, um, unmonitored and this daycare had five complaints and they had tickets issued against them. And yet, on the amount of children that was there that was excessive, and yet nobody did anything about but, it. Uh, it w I remember that situation very clearly. I remember having discussions with my friends about it, and uh, we actually had a meeting with, with a buddy of mine and a couple of lawyers. I mean, of course, whatever the daycare did was pretty fucked up. Yeah. But the system failed. Absolutely. 
the system failed. That was the main problem. The problem is that women and, and uh, families needed to work, to, but there's not enough daycares, government yes. daycares for them. So they have no choice to use the resort that they have. And, and going to these places who are growing so fast, we're talking about like... Like Vaughn was growing so fast too, right? All of a sudden you had all these young families. It became a personal mission of mine. So I don't do things unless I get really pissed. Uh, anger is a wonderful motivator for me. And I became so angry at how the system treated all of this. And we can talk a lot about how the system treated women, how the system treated young families, um, how the system treated a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, groups that were involved with that, even immigrants. But most and foremost, there was a complacency. The government was there four times, saw what's going on, and didn't do shit about it. At that time, they couldn't do anything about it. They well, because the law was what it was. It works when it gets to the media. Of course. As soon as it hits the media, that's when everybody starts reacting. Before that, it's all about uh, if it doesn't hit the media, nobody knows about it. Deal with it yourself. The question is also what the media chooses to talk about. This was a no news until a girl died. So the anger that I was feeling at the whole system and at the fact that these daycares, because I knew the owner of that daycare, and I've seen signs of things being not so well many years before, but I allowed to be convinced into the fact that this is okay. This is just the way we do things. But there was, there was so much, so many details about that I was, you know, fucked up that when it happened, um, my desire to protect the family, because there was so much shit being thrown at them from some people in the community as well, my desire to make sure that the voice is being heard, but also my just instinctive motherly desire to make sure that daycares are safe, because as I started to learn about what's actually going on there, I was like, are you kidding me? And we're okay with this? Like, there has to be some measure of safety. So we started working with it right now and, 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 you know, trying to get the media involved um, nine years ago. A lot of people joined Toronto Mommies because of that. And uh, there was a lot of attention brought to that. And that's when I had my first share of enemies. Well, why? Well, because there were people who owned home daycares that were illegal. Mm-hmm. And I said that I will continue, you know airing them out. I was never actually airing the names in the group, but I was uh, encouraging people to file complaints if the amount of people... You weren't airing? I weren't airing names of daycares in the group. I wasn't, no. But they knew that it's been sent what? to... <laughs> you, you, you weren't naming the daycares? I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys were. Oh, no. come on. In the group? Maybe somebody was. I personally was not. But it's in your group. <laughs> well, you do understand. You guys name all the time. Come on. <laughs> we do, but in this situation, yeah. we didn't, right? At okay. least that I'm aware of. <laughs> right. uh, but the biggest reason why they hated me was economical. Because here's a home daycare, doesn't have a license, a mom and a daughter, 15 kids, all cash income, 10 years ago when mortgages were smaller, and all of a sudden, bam, they can have only five children. Because all of a sudden, the authorities are looking into this. But what can they do? I mean, parents need to work. What are they going to do if there's no other option? Like I said, the system failed. They have no other options. They have no other option to use these non-licensed daycares. Mm -hmm. They have no choice. They did have a choice, but I I, I agree with what you're saying. 80% of all daycare spots back then 
were unlicensed in the province of Ontario. And when I heard that uh, statistics, I was like, no, that's bullshit, it can't be true. But then I spoke to Ministry of Education, which are all older people, and they're not thinking about daycares day in and day out, and turned out that it is true. So uh, a lot of people didn't have the option, but a lot of people also didn't know that they're sending kids to an unlicensed daycare. What? People didn't know. Oh, come on. They. You think they're when you have two thousand dollar, and you have a thousand dollars, you know it's not licensed. It wasn't back like this back then. You could have get a daycare for twelve hundred. This was nine hundred, nine hundred and fifty. You know, listen. Any parent that gave their children to a daycare, they all know who is licensed, who is not. We, we let's 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 be realistic. The, the 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 parents who give away the children, they know what they're giving the children to. So okay, so they I, know license, but. We also need to understand that the majority of daycares are good, even the one that are yes, unlicensed. Absolutely, they're good. Yes. you know, and you're always gonna have uh, uh, bad cases. apples. You're always gonna have bad apples. You're always gonna have greedy people. You're not gonna stop it, even with the licensed daycares. You're not gonna stop it. You know, it's the same thing until they get caught. So when I was studying real estate. I was asking my real estate law professor about this one thing in a real estate clause. And I asked him, how are we going to enforce it? And he said, well, there's no way to enforce it. Not really. And I said, so why is it there? And he said, to put the fear of God in their hearts. So when you have a licensed daycare and you invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into this business, let's say you are a greedy person, you don't care about kids. But there could be someone coming in to check up on you any second. You at least are afraid of something, and that's going to control behavior a I little mean, bit. In 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 our uh, community, everybody knows how to hide things pretty well. It doesn't matter. I mean, we, there's always going to be bad apples, and there's going to be good. So we so. worked on making them safer. Uh, there, it was an election year, and one of the candidates for prime min wanted to be a prime minister, Chris Alexander. He approached me and asked me, "What do you want to get for me to for you to push me into the Russian community?" And I said, "I want daycare reform." So he said, "Okay, I never thought about it." I said, "Well, start thinking about it." So we sat down, and we put this plan in place, which didn't. Uh, end up happening the way that it, that we put it in place, but it raised so many questions. And later on, when Prime Minister Trudeau was elected, uh, a lot of candidates later adopted certain portion of it because me sitting down with them kind of put it on the map. It was the right time, and uh, it really advanced the daycare situation in our communities by much. Now we have licensed daycares, licensed home daycares, we have licensed home daycare agencies that are Russian speaking because we didn't have any of them back then. People who license can receive help from the government and now they can have six kids, which the extra kid allows them to hire an assistant. So there's there's a lot of good things that happened, unfortunately from a very big tragedy. Yeah, it. it uh, I, I actually remember it, but there was a lot of cases. It was the, there was the lady that left the kid in the in the in the car. That was the case. That, that was that's exactly the case because there was yeah. at that year. I think there was like multiple ones. One there yes. was a kid was sick and and, and uh, I think nobody paid attention to the uh, high fever. There's another case, right? No, this is the same case. <coughs> These were the, the rumors that were going around around. Them. Oh, was it? Yeah. So the owner of that daycare that left the child in the car, she didn't. Uh, expect Toronto mommies to be Toronto mommies when all of that happened, right? And she was uh, running a counter um, informational war 
to kind of say, no, I didn't leave her in the car. It, she was just sick and she fell asleep in the, it's all in the news, fell asleep in, the, in her bed. And um, so that's why you might have heard those stories, but it was the same story. Tragedy. Uh, you know, this is the way I look at your group. I love the idea. I think I even told you that when I went, when I saw you guys doing it the first meeting at, at the restaurant. I love the idea. But to me, Choro Mamis is on one hand a group that wants to help everybody and be there for everybody. And at the same time, the other side of that group is that they are bullying people who do, who do not, um, who are not on the same page with them um, on their ideas on, or, or, or uh, if, if, let's say, they didn't like the business that they went to or they had bad, bad service. So a lot of people are expressing their opinions and their posts on Toronto Mommies that are not that helpful. Well, let's define helpful. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. So, first of all, Facebook is an environment that is filled with bullying. I'm not going to even talk about other platforms. Twitter is just, I think, built for bullying. So, yes, it sometimes happens. We cannot control it 100%. But if we're talking to businesses in our community, and I kind of know where you're going with this, and I, I want to talk about it because it's important. Sure. Day in and day out, all businesses receive free recommendations and advertising from Toronto Mommies. There are businesses build, like we can go through it. But it's not asked for. You guys didn't ask them to do the advertising for them. It's what just. Doesn't matter. You receive good reviews every day about businesses. People ask, where do I want to celebrate my wedding or go somewhere? And you're going to get your business advertised day in and day out. If you're on the good side with the Toronto money. No, it happens all the time. We can't control other people. Every business has patrons, and they will express their opinion, and we're not going to tell them not to express it. There are businesses I dislike. They get advertised every day. Right? right. And then once in a while, there is a situation. Once in a while is once in a while. Because these are the stories you hear about. Because you don't hear about the other things. Because they're mundane. I do. I, I, I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, but you're going to hear about it like once in three, four, five months. There's going to come out a, biz, a post about a business. A big one. A big one. That everybody's talking about it. Yeah. yeah. But, but look, I am all about fairness. Okay. I am about fairness that, um, I mean, you can express yourself. Mm-hmm. But when you go public, you have to have the other side to be able to express. And the other and side a lot always of, is able and to And in a lot of cases, no, in a lot of cases, if you're a guy in a business, you can't express yourself on Toronto Mommies. Of course you can. No, you can. How are you yes. going to do it? You're gonna you express call it on me, your... you send me your answer, I send you the screenshots, I put it in there for you. What's the problem? You have to be able to be an actual group. To express yourself. No, you can do it through me. You Why do they have to do it through you? If you're a moderator, that shouldn't be there in the beginning. Well, listen, <laughs> we don't allow men into women's public washrooms as well, right? If I don't know. These days, I don't know. <laughs> These well. days, if you if you refuse, you're probably going to get canceled. What do you think about the cancel culture? I think it's gone too far. I think the call the cancel culture started as is a good way of saying we've had enough 
and it went to being this weapon that's held over people's heads if they say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing that a certain group of people doesn't like. And at the same time, I think it's also, it becomes a stereotype. Like Amber Heard, right? We saw the, the, the trial. I saw the trial, spent so many hours watching it. So she lost because of her. The things she said, the way she acted, the lies that she perpetrated again and again and again. And there's still people going, saying that she lost only because she's a woman standing up, standing up against a strong man. And we know it's not true. Uh, but people are just thinking stereotypically. They don't want to let go of their opinion. They still want to perpetrate the idea that every woman that speaks up is not believed. And that was not the case. So I think the cancel culture went too far we're not it, the cancel culture is there hoping that we'll start listening to each other and starting weeding out the elements that are not helping you or i and all of a sudden it's there like a hysteric public phenomenon when we start canceling people out and i don't think we need to cancel various opinions if they're spoken Respectfully. I mean, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. So I heard on a couple of occasions. Look, I don't want to go into a like, uh, bashing Toronto Mommies because I think it's a fantastic group, to be honest with you. Thank okay? you. I know some people won't agree with me, but I think it's a fantastic group because th there's a lot of good stuff about it. I mean, I know personally people who uh, went in the group and got exactly what they needed, information about about kids, about mm -hmm. the daycares, about... Uh, um, uh, where to buy, uh, you know, especially for new moms, you know, who never encountered it. They have other moms that can go there. But I also think that uh, using the group as a bully and uh, is also creates the other environment. Well, I read the group about on Facebook, and it says it's only related to mommies and, and, and people who just had their kids. But then when we talk about businesses that are completely irrelevant to children, let's say restaurants, uh, uh, body shops, and, 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 you know, as a guy, when I see women jump on a business, I see a lot of personal issues. I see drama that could be solved before going to public because this is a public group, right? I mean, how many people you have on the group right now? Well, in our groups in total, we have around 30,000. 30,000. So imagine, imagine the information that gets passed if something negative happens. You know, it's, 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 what, what I'm going to go back to what I was saying is that we need to be able to express ourselves you know, to answer some of the questions that are being said, especially if if, if they go overboard. And sometimes you guys do go overboard. Would you would you consider to make it a one day a week for guys to come in and, and, and then talk do shit? What? <laughs> we still have guys coming in on their fake profile. And of course, they they, they want to say so what they're why. They we wanna... have these th this, these elements in it, anyways. No matter how much we try to not have them there. Um, listen. I'll speak about myself. Yeah. During the third, fourth, and fifth year that I was doing Toronto Mommies, I was subjected to online and live, in live bullying almost every day by a group of women that I don't know personally. They were going out of their way to make sure that the worst things about me that weren't even true 
will be everybody's knowledge. They were saying all kinds of things about me. And then that information was traveling from word to mouth and everybody adds a little bit more, you know, excitement to them. I'm still standing with a very successful real estate business. So yes, some people heard that and probably said, I'm not gonna work with Elisa. But other people heard that and didn't know who Elisa was and all of a sudden they do. So if you ask me who I thank for my success after like my family and God and you know, Irodina, uh, I thank these people. They put me on the map, they made me famous. When one of my friend's businesses was being trashed in another group, mommy's group, it was trashed on purpose. We weren't even allowed to come in and comment. And when someone was saying something good, they were blocked from the group. Three, four people came in same day saying, I just came to check it out. Is it true what they're saying about you? And they become clients of that business. So there is that bad element to it, but I haven't seen anyone get canceled, that should, you know, except for that daycare teacher. There's so many. I, I know in the cosmetology uh, uh, sector, you guys killed it. What I heard. It? I heard so many stories that you guys killed that industry. No, we didn't. <laughs> well, yes, you did. I'm not no, going to go into details, but yes, well, you did. Well, I'm not going to go into details as well because these businesses are alive and well and kicking and screaming. I don't know. I heard some not. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Well, listen. Um, Everyone who I spoke against, because they don't have a license to practice what they practice, and because they use fake materials, and because there are complaints against them in the doctor's association, nurse association, and public health sector, these businesses are still alive. They just know the people go there now, mostly, not all, know what they're choosing to go into. And that's it. You want to go there, you, you want you want to take that risk, that's up to you. But the important part is that you know that you're taking that risk. Yeah, of course. Um, the, <laughs> this is what I want to talk about. Uh, some, some of the topics that you guys have, mm -hmm. somebody sent me a screenshot. <laughs> and the last screenshot was anal bleaching. Oh man, that was such a funny topic. I love it. Dude, did you hear about this? Anal bleaching. So I gotta tell you, anal bleaching, the first post was on Shorana Mami's eight years ago when the group was still relatively small. And it was one of the funniest things that ever happened to me. Like I was laughing, I had tears coming out. First of all, the concept was so new to me that somebody would want to anally bleach themselves. Now I kind of take it like it's a normal thing, but back then it was just talking about it's funny but even how much we laughed and how funny it was to discuss that it was amazing right now the group kind of morphed when we try not to offend each other that much and because you do yeah <laughs> well i'm very strict with that and anal you got stricter i got much stricter man everybody said i took the fun out of it of the drama the, the yeah uh and now you like now, that i, I can say i can so see you Liking when 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 things blow up out of proportion. Define <laughs> out of proportion. I, I mean, if if there's like completely uh, uh, complete f war. No, I don't like complete war. Oh come on! You I don't. Oh come on! You probably get your wine, popcorn, and sit there and throw no, fire. No, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't serve dinner. I get upset with everybody in my house, and I'm like. <laughs> 
So part of it was making it normal for me. That's why so many things were not allowed now. Back then it was really funny, right? And then, uh, you know, bitching with my friend that owns a beauty salon said, hey, we gotta expand, what are we gonna do? I told her, let's do anal bleaching. And she looked at me, she said, are you insane? I said, you don't know. It's a really big thing. You just don't know about it. So she put it on Google and she got a lot of clients that way. So anal bleaching is a thing, mostly for people with darker skin colors. Um, and then a couple of uh, weeks ago, somebody tried to post that question again. And the OG girls, the, old, the ones that remember the first post, uh, they were complaining that it wasn't as funny as the first one. And uh, but now it's so normalized. But it was anonymous, right? Did you write it? Was it? Anonymous. Do you write some of the stuff? Very, and I swear to God, I don't bullshit because that's not what I do. I'm interesting enough without that. It was really not me writing it. Not the first so, and not the second one. So you're telling me you never ghostwrite posts? I do ghostwrite do a couple of times a year. <laughs> but a lot of times these are personal topics of mine that I want to discuss, but I can't because my girlfriend's going to know it's me and they're going to get pissed off. So I will take up an idea, I'll change the people and the names and put it there because I want to know something. I don't do it to create a sensation. What's the biggest topic of this year, aside from anal bleaching? <laughs> wow. Um, biggest topic of this year, unfortunately, is the war in Ukraine and Russia. Extremely sad. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's beyond words. And uh, it was not, and it came after two years of COVID com and vaccine conversations that almost tore the, the community apart, right? It was so, such a hot topic. People were so, was so close to everybody's heart because it's about life and death and health and the government having power over us. And we're from the back Soviet Union. We don't like when the government has power over us. And other people was feeling there was, and it was, it was really bad because. People were taking it personally when we didn't allow that conversation to be discussed in Toronto Mommies. Why, why not? Because people were getting... First of all, there was a lot of conspiracy theory. And, I, and we don't allow it in Toronto Mommies. Group gets striking down for that on Facebook. So you would allow a bashing of a business, but you wouldn't allow somebody to talk about conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theory about vaccines? Well, not share the content <laughs> and the amount of content that they shared. Why? Because it would get banned? Facebook was getting banned, banned by Facebook, all and right, people were right. fighting, and some of those things were wacky. Like what? Man, about like UFOs coming, getting us, vaccinating us, probing us. Oh, that's, yeah, that is. That's you know, so and, and, and there are a lot of people who are impressionable. You have to remember we have people of different age groups, and some of the older people don't know how to use Facebook that well, so when they read something, they believe it's true. And then the whole concentration camp thing was really big. That in Northern Ontario, they're building concentration camps so they can take our properties away from us. And the people who are not going to be vaccinated are going to sit in concentration camps. And the properties are going to be seized by the government. That was really big. I mean, if you look at it, uh, it kind of happened. Not 100%. Kinda, <laughs> excuse me. The properties were taken away. Conway, what happened? Uh -huh. Their bank account got frozen. Their trucks were taken away. Our rights, they, our they, rights they, are just gone. Just a second, just a second. No, but we'll talk about we'll talk about certain just facts, a second. right? So let's let's just separate these two topics. So this was only about whether you're going to get vaccinated or not. Freedom Conway, which by the way I supported, 
I don't have anything against it. Started is an amazing thing, and I think that one of the reasons why we have more freedoms now in Canada is because of what the Freedom Convoy yeah. did, right? And when they came out, they did... Um, <laughs> you can't, when you have a movement like a Freedom Convoy or Tronomamis or anything else, you can't weed out all the crazies. You're going to have the small percentage of people who are insane and they're going to come in and do things that are going to discredit the movement. And I think in a lot of ways that happened with the Freedom Convoy, right? And, but the bank accounts weren't frozen for that long. It doesn't matter. I mean, the minute you freeze, the, the, your rights are gone. Because Freedom Convoy pretty much was was a good organization. It was, it was, uh, they had a few issues, but it, it was more of a logistic uh, problem. They weren't, they weren't, uh, um, they weren't told how to properly do uh, the blockades, but uh, things could have been a little bit differently. But it was a free movement. It was amazing, uh, very inspiring and worldwide inspiring. I yeah. mean, a couple of truck drivers went worldwide famous, you know, talking about, uh, there were the people talking about the world reform. It was a civil rights it, movement. It was, it was a civil rights movement. So a lot of conspiracy theories, guys, the crazy one were, am I right? You know, no concentration camps, but, you, you know, I had COVID and the way they handled me, I felt like I'm in a concentration camp in the parking lot, you know, locked up. And, and it was a winter time, locked up outside in a little tent. So hospitals you know. were scared. What happened to uh, what happened to COVID now? I went to see my family doctor. It's, it's like, there, but it's it's weekend after two years of, of this. So when I first come out, my mom's an ICU nurse. And when I first come out... Um, nobody knew how strong it was, but everybody said, all the immunologists that were independent said that after about two years, it's going to become as weak Normal. as the flu virus. But nobody knew what's going to happen within those two weeks, uh, within those two mo years, sorry. So anyways, you asked me a question. So COVID <laughs> was so divisive. And so divisive where people were fighting each other and, you know, a family member won't talk to me because of my stand on COVID and Toronto mommy. So it was, it was hard, right, these two years. And then we thought that we're out of this. And then the war with the Russia and Ukraine came in. We don't allow to discuss the war in the group. We were always a unifying group. We were not a separating group. But we do have um, issues of language that are being discussed in the group right now with thousands of people participating. Like in what kind? Well, we have people come in from Ukraine and they post posts on Toronto mommies. Right. And they uh, post them in Ukraine, in Ukrainian. And Russian-speaking girls don't like it sometimes. Very rarely, right. but... What's the problem? You push a button, translate, and that's it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's their language. They can speak whatever they want to. Listen, people are not always aware of how biased they are. They're going to think that one thing pisses them off when in reality something else pisses them off, right? Um, there's a sentiment against certain Ukrainian refugees right now that like especially in, U in, in Europe, I don't read that content. I don't, my brain is not a trash can. I choose what I see. But uh, apparently some Ukrainian refugees being ungrateful for the help they're getting or expecting to get things that others were not getting because they are Ukrainian refugees. But I'm saying you can't generalize. Not all men are the same. Not all women are the same. Not all Russians are the same. Not all Ukrainians are the same. Judging by a group, all men are the same. So not true. Right? Judging by the group, all men are the same. <laughs> so not true. Absolutely not true. Are you help you guys helping the Ukrainian community? We are, yeah. Refugees? Yes, yeah. we do. You're always going to have bad apples. 
course. You know, you're always going to... I heard about these stories too, but listen, the majority of Ukrainian people are good people, you know, and and um, I'm against war, yeah, absolutely. And um, as a Russian, uh, it's even harder yeah. because I, I, um, I, I don't agree with whatever is happening there. And it's very, very sad to see uh, us being divided because for me, there was never difference between Ukrainian, Russia, Moldova. I mean, it's always like the same. And it's still going to be the same thing. Uh, no one can divide me. But it's very, very unfortunate. And uh, I'm glad that we are able in Canada to help as much as we can. Yes, of course, there's a lot of negativity towards the Russians. You know, I, I hear it all the time. But I understand right now, everything is very emotional. You know, so eventually, hopefully, eventually, I'll cool off when the war will be done. But how are you guys helping? So we started first and foremost with creating these posts where you can regulate the amount of help being offered, but after a couple of weeks they become Aggressive. obsolete because you already have like 300, 400 comments, some of them are already expired. So there are good communities, a good organization in this community do wonderful work and we'll make sure that we support them. Uh, each admin you know, sends out money, we make sure that we highlight these situations collect clothes, collect um, furniture, a lot of them, are, what I do a lot is I get businesses involved in helping uh, in terms of what can you do, I'm like a um, community uh, service or center on wheels, right? You're trying to connect people, trying to support people who connect people, try to support events that are going directly, fundraising, all of that. Every form of help I think went through is one way or another. The only thing we don't allow, and I'm going to be open about this, and I know I'm going to criticize, but that's okay, is I don't allow gathering money for army equipment. I I encounter that, and and, and I... Not because I don't... It's a hard, I mean, it's like... No war means no war, period. You know, I guess probably the same thing for you. It's no war from both sides. You know, um, you have to draw the line somewhere all the it's time. It's very, very hard. I feel so bad for the people. It's it's so, so hard. It's horrible. It's horrible on many, many levels. And I think we, I went from being absolutely devastated the first month, a month and a half, devastated. Are you Ukrainian? So I was born in Lvov. I'm Jewish by nationality, uh, partially. And I was raised in Israel. I never felt like a Ukrainian. We fail in Israel like we are all Russians speaking are <laughs> Russians in, in Israel, right? There's no, maybe Kafkazi is a little different, but other than that, everybody's a Russian. Um, I came here, I was mostly in the Russian speaking community, but I also have a lot of Ukrainian friends. So I can't say that I identify with being a Ukrainian, but I definitely have a perspective. Whereas my husband, he's completely Russian. Um, and What's uh, his stand? He thinks that uh, Putin lost his mind. He believes that this was something that the Russian population and the Russian people that are around him and in his generation absolutely do not need. His heart breaks for all the soldiers lost. He comes from a man's man environment. So a lot of his father's friends, his father either served in the army, um, his business partner that, God rest his soul, was a person from Lugansk who was um, a commander in the army. And he's, um, he's devastated. 
he's very very unhappy with what's going on there very unhappy he doesn't believe there was one single reason that it should have happened and that we should have lost that many soldiers and people on both ends absolutely i still i mean for me it's still like a movie I still can't believe we fight. We're, we're fighting with Ukraine. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still in shock. Like, how, how could that ever happen? Like, we're so close. Like, our languages and even Ukrainian language. I mean, I, I, I'm Russian, but I understand it 100. percent I can't speak it. I mean, a couple of words here and there, but I mean, I understand. I can hold the conversation, no problem. It is so such a close country to us, and to see where it's going now is just, you know, incredible. A lot of people looked at this Messed border up. only as a political border. People did not feel they were different because they lived on the other side of the border. Some people did, and, and self-identifying is important for every nation. But at the same time, when I came out at the beginning of the war and I said that this is for me a civil war, war because it's brother going against the brother, that still did not change in my mind. We're still brothers fighting each other. But a lot of people were aggressive against that. They didn't like me calling each other brothers. And that, I think, breaks my heart the most. Breaks my heart. Because what happens is that you and I remember that nobody cared if you're Russian or Ukrainian, you were the same, yeah, right? Yeah. But our kids, if this is going to go on, are going to make a big difference between Russian and Ukrainians. And then history shows us that a third generation already looks at Russian and Ukrainians as enemies and I would I would hate for that to happen it's going to honestly break my heart this is this is uh, um, what I always talk about with my friends is that uh, you know kids growing up especially like in in, in kindergarten I'm hearing I heard in Miami actually a story that uh, the kid was beat up by other kids because he was Russian you know yeah we hear that too it's 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 a really, really, really hard topic, but I think that the government need to invest into programs that educate the newcomers, the refugees, of how to adapt uh, to Canadian standards, and that we are here trying, trying to keep it all cool and, and, and not to cause, uh, um, to escalate anything. As you can see from the beginning of the war, nobody really came out, no Russian community really came out with flags and screaming and yelling. I mean, you get here and there people post, they're right? They're afraid. You know, I don't think they're afraid. I mean, it's a huge community, a huge Russian community here. I just think they understand. The majority, they understand the situation is just fucked up. The majority. We have... We have uh, fanatical uh, groups here in, in Toronto, and I'm glad. They, they didn't walk out. Nobody did anything. I know that uh, none of them came out. Well, they were like they canceled May 1st, May 9th uh, walks because of the fear of escalation. I think that they didn't get their. I don't think I, I, I don't think they don't need a license for that. They can do. I mean, they can have they need a license. These days, they can come out and do anything they want. So who's going to stop them? I think that is a more of an understanding. I think it's. I, I'm I think, not sure that I the think, organizers of these groups are all understanding. I know. I spoke to a few, and they understand the situation, and they understand that they also live in Canada. They need to kind of cool it off a little bit this time. Maybe later on they will. I, I mean, I don't know, but. Uh, I think it's it's pretty cool that they didn't, like my opinion, because cool it would have got things to the next level so fast, you yeah. know. It, and uh, good for them for not doing that, yeah. you know, this year. Aside from war, 
your uh, cipher war and, and uh, vaccinations. Oh, your group, a... your group, likes to talk about men, of relationships, course. marriages, I divorce. Know, man is one of the most uh, you know? beautiful things in life. A what? Man is one of the most beautiful. Absolutely, things in life. just like women. I'm a the fan. Most, I'm, I'm a fan of women too, yeah. but uh, I'm also hearing that you know when when a woman is is filing for divorce and posting about it online. And talking shit about her ex-husband and then you girls like bullets flying in from the right left and center you are steering more fire in there could be oh yeah oh yeah and uh what is that about <laughs> well it's about supporting a woman going through a divorce what about supporting a man going through a divorce i i think you should open a book that has that <laughs> men will not do that you know what Toronto mommies create the environment where the men are terrified terrified to be in the group no terrified well, they can't be in a group no they're terrified to end up in a group they're terrified to, for their so, i have Why? a feeling it's an advertising I, I have everybody a, knows he's single now have, girls uh, can start yeah, yeah but they still have custody issues they still have financial problems no no they're terrified probably to get divorced or file for divorce because they know they're going to end up on Toronto mommy's side well, I think more people get divorced than people who end up in Toronto Mommies. Yes. But yes, but I understand where you come from. I'm going to give you a yeah. hard time. I know what you're saying. <laughs> we can go around. I just, I just don't want to be strong. I wanted to go a little bit, but... No, no, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. And um, what's the question? The question is, why can't we? If you see the topic as a moderator, that this woman is, is bashing her ex-husband. She actually obviously posted his name. No. I we don't saw, allow. I saw, but we don't allow. Saw, come on. But show me because come we on. don't allow. You don't want me to show stuff because I promised to people I'm not going to name. I understand, but we don't not, allow. Maybe the, sec, maybe the comment was taken down 30 seconds after someone no, screenshot. Maybe not this. an actual uh, uh, post. But in the comments, that's when it all comes in, right? Well, Listen, are you talking about. Uh, I'm not talking about no names. So, why are you talking about one anonymous question? Where somebody and their kids and the new girlfriend that's pregnant and the whole yeah, thing. Well, I'm talking about all of them. There's like hundreds of them. There's not there's a one. Hundreds. There's hundreds of I don't them. I know there's hundreds. I didn't see hundreds. <laughs> dozens. Yeah, because yeah. you wait and see if it pops, if it creates momentum, and then if it doesn't, you probably delete it, right? That's not the the idea. The idea. Do you know the idea of a safe space? Of course. Okay. Fair space too. Fair space, safe space. Sometimes these things collide. Okay. Um, if an author comes in right. expressing her situation, we take her by her word. You might tell her that you don't agree with her. You might tell not want to comment at all. You might not want to help her. There's a lot of people saying they don't agree. For example, if I can show you posts and quite a lot of them, when a woman says, how do I make sure my husband doesn't see the kids, where you will have dozens, if not hundreds of women telling her, you can't do that, you're in Canada. Husband's a parent just like any other parent, right? So we have a lot of people supporting men's rights as well. You're gonna have a person getting going through a divorce. Everybody going through a divorce are at their lowest selves. I didn't see a lot of people being as negative as they get when they get through a divorce. People are just at each other's throats. There's jealousy. There's new girlfriends, new boyfriends. You're dividing assets. You're fighting over kids. You're trying to punish each other for the breakup of the family, right? There's so much of that shit going on. And I agree with you. It's not 
pleasant to look at. But we're coming in and the idea is that a woman asks a question and she's being offered advice or help. But we also have the other side of the coin. We have abused women that usually don't speak up. Can we just, for a second, so it's not that the women ask questions. The women go there not to ask a question. I saw some posts of women go there just to piss off their husband. You'll have to show me the post, so we'll talk about Let's not question. get into this, because I promise I'm not going to do that. Okay? I but, but it won't be so fair. The piss, the piss, what okay, I'm saying, so what I'm saying is that so, to me. So a woman is pissed at her husband, pissed, okay. because he uh, they file for divorce, and all of a sudden he has a girlfriend, mm-hmm. and then she goes online on Toronto Mamis and just destroys him. But all I, I don't, I, I don't. We, we probably don't have the same perspective because I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not being funny or here. I want to know specifically what we're talking about because we look at every post separately, and we look at what was. And I try to avoid that from happening. But Maybe it always happens. It, was, it, well, it always happens in your group. It doesn't have to be. It has to have to be in actual post. It could be a comments. I mean, okay, we don't see all comments. That's true. I mean, when you have 300, 500 comments, I mean, I yeah. mean, but it is part of the post because people do read them. People but, want to see that drama and the responses. So when you start name you mentioning... You think I'm calling every... That you think that I read every single comment? I do you? not. I do not. I think you read every single comment. My dear, if, I run uh, a business. I understand, but you love what you're doing and you love I that group. I every single comment. I think you read every single comment. Yes, and I think you put a little bit more fire if, if, to get it more interesting, which is cool. I mean, this is... This is a part of your group. It is absolutely normal. I mean, I like these kind of things. I like with these kind of dramas. But I also want to be fair, you know? So when somebody bashes a man who can't respond in your group, that's when I want to be asked those questions. Like, that's why I wanted you. I asked you to come up with some questions that you would want to ask yes, me. I do. I want to so me, as a guy who represents a lot of guys... In our in our area, who will be able to respond? But, but I'm not, right now, except except we, anal bleaching. Right now, <laughs> except, no except, insight except, on that. Eh? I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's okay. Really so one weird of the questions me. that I wanted to ask you, because we wanted to go more philosophically on the topic of men and women, right? Sure, and yeah, yeah. and I saw what you did with Tori, and and I was listening to that uh, interview, and I had <laughs> good one by the way, and. Uh, I had my opinion. So let's diverse from the group a little bit and from me a little bit, and let's talk about hypotheticals. But right. I want to know your opinion. Honestly, I do. Sure. So I'm a mother. Right. I have a son. I have only one child. Right. I'm raising a son. I'm also helping raise my brothers. Um, they're still young. Um, and my question, how do I raise a good man in today's world? Is a mother. It's a boy. It's a boy. Sports okay. from young age, active sports, and a lot of it uh, sports with discipline. Because what you can teach is a little bit different than what, what a teacher, a man teacher, can can teach uh, in, in a sports environment. I believe in boxing. I believe in judo. Where any, any sports of discipline, it will help you grow that kid. You know, it'll solve a lot of problems for the future with bullying, which is a major problem right yeah. now, everywhere, especially online bullying. But aside from that, I mean, physical bullying is in schools, is on the rise too, right? That's why we're seeing so many 
shooting in the states it's all comes down from psychological issues and bullying yeah. so uh, i absolutely a hundred percent for uh, parents taking their kids uh, to physical sports yeah you have soccer it's pretty cool right but it's not really contact you know contact sport is different i did contact sports for many many years what did you do I did boxing i did judo i mean it it, it it makes you stronger and and the discipline is 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 a good good educational process what if you have a child that is not not all kids are not all boys are men's men right not all boys are very testosterone we have a lot of men that are you know other excel in other things even in music or something like that how do you how do you what can i do as a mother aside from sports to to instill the right values in a man in a boy I mean, a, a lot of it. In, a lot of it has to do with your husband. It's not you. He has to play a big role in it. Mothers are always going to be softer. They always not. They always going to try to protect their their boys as much as they can. You know, I was raised by by a single mother, but um, I think a lot of it is played by the men. That's why when the fights in terms of like divorces happen. You know, and women try to uh, remove their husbands, ex-husbands from their kids' life. And the, the biggest mistake you can do is that. The biggest mistake you can do is divide. You need to do the opposite. You need to maximize the time with the kids, especially if he wants to. Yeah, see, we don't, I see, have, a lot, I see, I we see, don't have a lot of men who want to. But I know a lot of men who do want to because well, of the divorces. Should be, they should absolutely have full access that yeah, but then they go to Toronto mommies and they're being explained <laughs> how to do the opposite no. but but you see the minute the, the the woman goes to see a lawyer you know for the divorce she's being guided on how to do things the way to win and uh, one of the worst thing one of the worst tools is that uh, do whatever you can for the for to manipulate through the kids. So <laughs> I completely, completely you know there's a thing called parental alienation. Yeah. And you lose custody if you parentally alienate from your child from seeing a spouse. And the, the rights are on the woman's side always. Not always. always. So ten Come years on. ago I will tell you that it's absolutely the truth. Ten years ago. Five years ago I'll tell you it's partially the truth. Right now the courts are so specific about being equal that it's creating a lot of problems for women as well. And we can go into these conversations because I see a lot of stories too. So I have a question for you. Um, we often generalize. We say we need to do this, we need to do that, right? But not all stories fall under these advices. What do you do when the father of your the children that you're divorcing is an alcoholic or a drug addict and an addict i'm not talking about somebody who has fun once in a while i'm talking about an addict someone who came to a point where they're almost dysfunctional what do you do then you he cannot see the children period that environment should not be around kids this is the time that i would i would think that uh, uh that's where you need to play the role of like do whatever you can to to uh, eliminate the visitation at that point if it's mental serious mental issues of any abuse drug related alcoholism but we're talking about look you can define the alcoholism any way you want to if somebody has I'm a drink about dysfunction absolutely i'm talking about you leaving your kid with him and sunday morning he calls you and says pop is out 
and then he spent three four months really being on my case every single day and i think that for me these three four months um are a lot more psychologically scarring because like he wouldn't let me out of my room i would have to beg to go to the washroom like all kinds of things wow. and i was eight or nine wow. yeah do you believe a lot of um a lot of your characters character built on the whole situation with he the... believes that so we had a conversation before his uh, stroke, two days before that, three days before that. He married the third time, and uh, he always wanted the new wives not to get to know me because I have a big mouth. And oh, yeah. he would tell them a story about him being so perfect <laughs> and being abused by my mother. And oh, only what I wanted is only to be loved. <laughs> was the story he was telling them. And... Um, and uh, but but I did tell her that, and she confronted him about that. And I was, or I did not tell her that. But anyways, we had a conversation, and I remember shaking so hard I couldn't finish the conversation. And I was, you know, I had my son. I was shaking. I literally couldn't talk. And I'm thinking, okay, so many years, I'm already successful, more or less. Um, I still couldn't talk because my body was going into this state of shock. And he was trying to tell me he never touched me with a finger because that was just what he wanted to push. He was a very manipulative, very, very smart man. And uh, he was trying to gaslight me. He was trying to tell me he never touched me and that it never... Um, but he did beat you, yeah? Yeah, he did. And uh, not always, <laughs> which is funny to even apply that character. Uh, that He stopped. Last time he beat me, I was 11 years old. He slapped me very, very hard against my face because I wouldn't change my clothes to walk a dog. And I flew with my head against the wall. And I remember lifting my head and I looking at him and saying, listen to me, if you're going to ever touch me again, ever touch me again, I'm going to the police and I'm telling them everything. And the thing about my dad is you could scare him. That's where I found out when I was 11, right? Before that, he was like the strongest man I've ever met. Um, so my dad, in that conversation that we had, and I, I confronted him, and he couldn't really hide from the facts because I, I tend to remember things very well. He told me, well, that's why you're successful now, because I taught you how to be strong from an early age. So it was about him again, right? It wasn't about my pain. It was about him being... Uh, and I said, well, a weak man can't teach a person to be strong, right? Uh, he didn't like to hear that. But uh, in that conversation, I tried to be peaceful i tried to be healing i wanted to have a healing conversation i have a child i don't want these things to be past the generation i want i want you know a beautiful ending to this but we got into the the details and uh last thing i told i said why weren't you there for me is when situation got tough and i was in difficult situation says well i always knew where you are I said, well, you know, one day you're going to be in the hospital and people are going to ask me why I'm not there for you. And I'm going to tell them, well, I know who he is. Two days after he gets a, a stroke and he's an invalid now, he can't speak and can barely walk. Do you visit him? I used to for a couple of years. But um, <sighs> after his stroke, he lost what I liked about him. The sense of humor, although it's still there, the charisma, the wittiness. But uh, certain things about his character are still there, and he became increasingly toxic. And um, 
and very manipulative. He's a genius when it comes to manipulation. A person can barely speak, but he can still turn everyone around his finger. So now I just say, hey, I know where he is. And he personally himself said that uh, I'm no longer his daughter and that I'm dead to him. So is that part of what makes me who I am? Absolutely. I think the confrontational part, where instead of saying, a lot of women, and not only women, but I'm going to talk about women now because that's what I know, that go through abuse, especially in our community, but in all communities, they never talk about it. There is a shame that's attached to that. You're ashamed you're not from a perfect family. You're ashamed your dad was an alcoholic or that he abused your mother. You're supposed to feel shame. And I think it's ruining us from the outside. We shouldn't be ashamed of the circumstances that we came for, from. We should be ashamed for not doing anything about it and for not being better people ourselves. Although I understand it's very hard when you come from that environment. So I personally think that, yes, my confrontational, my thing where my mom was always lying about what was going on and trying to portray like her family is perfect. I don't do that. I don't play in the perfection game. I'm not saying I'm perfect or that my marriage is perfect or anything is perfect. That head on, when I tell a bully, bring it on, doesn't matter who he is, especially if it's a man. Uh, yeah, that's that's fed by that partially. I have less anger now, so I'm less confrontational now, but that still is, is part of me. Yep. Uh, listening to this, I'm a little bit um, in a little shock, but at the same time, I kind of get the general understanding of you and where you're coming from. If you went through this abuse, right, and obviously it's painful, still painful, right? Still, yes, it's still, yes. you know, um, when you see other women get get uh, bullied on your platform, why not come to full defense? Like full-scale defense. It doesn't matter, right or wrong. Anybody can make a mistake. Just why not come to full defense? There's other topics that we can... So there's other topics that you can you can create so much drama about it, and that's like Maxine and and and, and Johnny Depp story. Mm -hmm. But if it's directly to a certain person who's a woman who made a mistake in the business, who made a mistake anywhere, why just not come to protection instead of like like being that little girl with not having anybody to defend? Why not feel this? Why not feeling for that person who the whole group is kind of going after? You know what I'm saying? I often saying? do. All the time. I don't think that I come from a place where I do things mindlessly. Meaning all the time because the situation looks like it. I try to find out what the situation is. But every day, day in and day out, people try to... Like women are very aggressive. Some. Some. Not, not saying, Some. but like generally women are aggressive. If, they, other if women. they gather at the right spot. <laughs> yeah, towards other women. And Russian-speaking women see each other often as competitors. Women are taught to see each other as competitors. Fine. It's in, for the attention of men usually. I prefer them to see yeah. each other as competitors for business, but <laughs> that's different. <laughs> I, okay. I... Um, I want there's I want more camaraderie against between women. I want more women to feel like they can support each other. There's a saying that queens fix each other crowns. 
I like that. Will I always fix somebody's crown? No, but most of the time I try. But because of the situation that you had growing up, I mean, it should be all the time. I was I was an abusive also family growing up. Uh, my stepfather was just an asshole. Uh, and there's no way I would I would let anybody feel the way I felt when I was young, under no circumstances. And uh, I like to defend myself when I know I'm 100% right, which I did a couple of times from your group. You know, I mean, I, I, I actually do not care what anybody says about me, what they write. Uh, but if I see that I am, if I see that I, I can make a difference, you know, in my post and the create to see the better side of it i'm going to write something but if there's no point there's no point i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go down to to push putting somebody down you know well, so because of that feeling of abuse i don't and absolutely i'm against abuse against women and children like i'm and then that was my problem with that's like i said i really like your group Really, I think it's a cool, cool idea, and I think it has a crazy potential if it if it gets cleaned up a little bit with a little bit less of drama. I know it's good; drama is always good because it brings in attention, but with the right drama. I'm against bullying. Period. One, one of the things that I would wish, as we have this conversation, because we keep circling back to your perception, right? Because and I'm a guy. That's what I see from the Absolutely, side. Absolutely, but you know? you're also just not a person who's in the group. It's not only gender specific. You're also a business person. You're also a media person, and you're not in the group. And the news that you get are certain news. Sometimes you get screenshots. Sometimes you don't. Um, so what I would wish, and I don't know if it's doable, but in general, is just that you would walk in my shoes for a week or two and see the amount of work that gets done to clean up the group, to see the amount of, because a lot of people left the group because they call it too sterile, because they say we don't allow a lot of things, right? And sometimes our group gets mixed up with other Rami's groups, it happens all the time, right? Because there's this little wannabe groups that took everything that we have, but they're smaller and they're less active, but they allow things that we won't allow. And, people and they don't that, allow things that you do allow. Well, sometimes <laughs> they don't, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. But uh, I would want you to walk in my shoes a little bit and to see things from where I stand and the amount of work every day that goes unpaid that uh, that gets put into this not being a place of bullying. Look, like I, like I said, I mean, I think it's a great group. Don't get me wrong. I'm I playing both, both sides. And so I, I, and I Because it's, 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 it's the right thing to do, to be fair, right? Uh, are you profiting from this group? I profit from advertising. Um, that probably will, uh, you know, I could make better money elsewhere. Um, but I'm also profiting from people coming to me and hiring me as the real estate agent. So I'm, I'm good. That, I don't, that, I don't have a problem with the, the financial side of things. Good. You had some other question for me. I did. I know that one's circulating because I feel a, a big one coming. No, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to remember where I wanted to go because I, I think I replayed this in my mind so many times in the <laughs> last day or two of where I wanted to go. Because I, I, like, I like your attitude and I like the way you do things. And I also understand your perspective from where you're coming from. Mm, if a body of yours comes to you, you know, and starts, you know, shitting, talking shit about his spouse or his girlfriend or somebody he was close to, right? Not a one-night stand. 
And uh, do you ever tell him, calm down, man? I mean, do you ever tell him he's wrong? Absolutely, all the time. I said it live, but actually we were Tory. We had a, a, yeah. I, I think that, I mean, obviously you got to let them, if it's your friend, you got to let them get the steam out. It's okay. But then you have to say, look, you were telling her you love her for the last 10 years, and now you're bashing her. She's the mother of your children. No matter what, you're going to be with her forever. So you got to cool off your emotion and, and just watch your language. That's pretty much it. Especially if I know her. Listen, it happens all the time. Divorces, you know, they hate each other, then they love each other again. You know, I met people here who got divorced and got remarried. You yeah. know, but they were talking so much shit about one another. They would come here to a club and talk shit about one another. And then I'm seeing on Facebook they're getting married. I'm like, after all that shit that they talked about, both of them, they get remarried. But, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, but but uh, me, no, I'm I'm against any of these uh, any of that abuse, especially verbal. You know. Oh, physical, you're okay. Physical, I'm okay. <laughs> no, not towards women. When guys fight, it's okay. It's normal. You know, friends always fight. But not against women. No, no. Zero tolerance towards abuse towards women. Emotionally, physically, and also same thing for towards children. Has to be harsher sentence for both of them. Proven. proven. It's hard. It's hard to prove. Proven by law, not by Toronto mommies. Yeah. Proven by law. It's hard to prove. <laughs> In general, it's a hard thing to prove. I think if, if, if the... Um, once the officers gets, the police gets involved, it's easier to prove. I mean, there's there's signs. Not everybody's on phones. Everybody's like this. Oh, look what you did to me. Uh, unless you hit, uh, unless you get one of those Johnny Depp's ex-wife, which yeah, well, she was proven. Thank God my husband doesn't is not on the phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's. On, I think everybody's on the phones, but uh-huh. but you you won't be able to stop it. But you always have to try to be good. So about this thing when people bash each other yeah. and and then they end up remarrying, <laughs> same thing happens with girlfriends, right? So you have these women that are at each other's throat like big time, right? They're hitting each other. They're bringing out everybody into the mix for like years. It's like a camp against a camp situation, and then like all of a sudden you see pictures of them on Facebook being like, yeah. mm, "I love you. You're the best best friend forever." So when emotions get involved, people hurt, people get aggressive, and we have to take a step back and remember that that uh, what you're getting is not stick it with a grain of salt. You know what I what I heard. I'm not sure if it's true. No, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, not true. But that's what I heard. I heard that there there were uh, topics in your group about cheating, and uh, women fighting their their ex husbands. Uh, I'm sorry, their husbands with uh, other girls, even in my club, and then posting pictures and of her and calling her bad names. Is that true? I've never seen it, but there's so many posts about cheating that I could have missed something in the comments. Uh, is that <laughs> <laughs> like I don't. Is that one of the most explosive comments? A uh, post is is a cheating post. What, no, what it's I... on the top. It's on the top ten topics, but it's not one of the most explosive. No, because see, cheating there's nothing new under the sun. People are gonna cheat. Women cheat as well, right? But when they post a picture. On the group like Toronto Bobbies, this guy is not getting laid ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's getting His laid. career is done. I think he's getting And hers laid. too. There's always these women that go like, oh my God, he's a superstar. Gotta get some of that. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> women but, like a challenge. Some women wh- are, uh, 
less frightened than others. So I had a question for you because I listened to your interview with Tori, right? And uh, no, I had more interviews, not just I with know, Tori. I know, I know, but that, but that was, was like not the that, that was not interview. that boring. Yeah. No, I don't think it was not boring. Because <laughs> the only one I listened from A to Z. Um, and I listened to everything, I promise. Now, you. Uh, you said something to Tori. She said that she wants a strong man. Yeah. And you said that, well, you don't want a strong man. You're just saying that you want a strong man. And women are just saying. So I wanted to start that conversation because why do you think women are saying that they want strong men, but they don't want strong men? What was your opinion on that? Because it's, 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 it's hard to handle a strong man. Yes. You know, and and a woman wants a strong man because she wants to feel like there's somebody protecting her. By the end of the day, if if the woman is business oriented, she's educated, you know, has a good job, making good money. I mean, it's always going to be a competition at home. So eventually, it's it, they're going to eat each other. So having a strong man is not the way we think a strong man. A strong man is just strong-minded, somebody who is who is there to listen, who who is not going to argue, who is going to be a friend. Um, the definition of a strong man is that I say it, and that's how it goes in their mind. But it's not a, a, a strong man. That's a domineering man. Well, that's well, what Tori was a little bit different. That's what she wanted. Yes. You know, she wanted somebody who was going to be like, hey, I'm the shit. Chill out. But she is a very, very strong woman. You know, she's popular. She's, she, uh, she knows what she wants. She's she goal-getter. And for her to be with somebody who is going to be holding her like this, that's not going to happen. I like the concept of a power couple. I was a strong, I was strong and opinionated. I think I, I was more opinionated back then than I am now, when I was young. And I was going on all these dates, and I had all these guys sit in front of me, and even women tell me, "Oh, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna end up with a pussy whip." And <laughs> did you? No. I, I, you know, I gotta give you. I don't know him. I have never seen. He him. likes it that way. You, you know, you know what? I gotta give him props. I don't know how he deals with you and all this shit that happens around you in your group, but probably nerves of a steel. Oh, he's insane. Does nerves he tell you sometimes, steel. hey, chill out, lady? Yeah, all the time. Like, hello? So my husband does not take an ounce of shit from me. An ounce of shit, right? I ended up marrying a person that can absolutely challenge me uh, on certain things head on first times that we would have fights my mother would seriously think that we're getting a divorce because she's like you can't walk back from a fight like that and then 15 minutes after he's like hun which restaurants are we going to that's his attitudes he was raised by strong women and he's not a pussy whip he's very opinionated so, you know our first fight was they kicked out kicked him out of bed because of politics i literally kicked him out of bed with my legs because of politics what do you say uh, he's, uh, he didn't like Hillary. Who likes Hillary? I do. I do. I, like, not as how a personality. Do you, how do you like Hillary? Come on. I do. You like Biden? And I don't think there's much to like. <laughs> <laughs> he's not giving us much in terms of personality. But, uh, and then, you know, the, when, when Trump was elected, there was a thing in our family. But politics is always a thing in our family. I mean, he's right. I mean, nothing to like about that lady. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a woman in power. Absolutely nothing. Just not Hillary. Well, that's your perspective, right? I personally think that the thought that Hillary would be a very good thing. 
I disagree. Um, I think, uh, like I said, I think a woman president or prime minister is great. I actually do think that in the near future, hopefully, we are going to have a prime minister who is a woman. I absolutely believe that it's going to be, uh, hopefully, Melissa Lanzman. You met Melissa. You know Melissa. No, I haven't. Well, you probably should take a look at her. I think she has a potential to be the next prime minister because she has all the the dots, the connecting dots, you know. She's strong. She is powerful. She speaks well. Um, LGBT community, for, you know, is... is, is uh, um, on her. her side we love her she's jewish she's ukrainian i mean she is just perfect and and she loved this country so i believe that she she has a potential to be a future prime minister but hillary needs to stay away from politics well see that's just like your, her husband that's your point of view right <laughs> i come from a different point of view and from cert- a different perspective so and and i'm very passionate about human rights my husband studied law as well and specifically human rights so we get very combative about that as well um a friend of mine she's a lawyer and she she told me one thing once uh that her friend a very prominent uh, divorce lawyer canadian told her once when you get married make sure you're the crazy one Uh, when i got married i didn't make sure i'm the crazy one I got married with someone who challenges me a lot. So there's a lot of things he challenges me on. Some of these arguments, they go on year after year, year after year. But he made me much stronger. He is a re- the reason why I think he completed the evolution of me. What he gave me, I don't think anybody else would be able to give me. So I think sometimes relationships where two people are opinionated, we, we perceive relationships as as you know a hierarchy someone has to be the boss and someone has to comply but i think that's taken away from what the relationship could be right when you have two strong opinionated people that work towards the same goal and they find ways within themselves and wisdom within themselves to make it work that's where the real power of a family comes out so he doesn't like everything when Toronto Mamis came out he was so happy because these people are no longer in his house because <laughs> <laughs> he everybody asks him what and he's like i don't care if she's she she has her individual freedom she can do whatever she wants you know um he's like I don't go into women's washrooms so I don't care what's going on there that's women's stuff and and I respect women and he loves strong women which was such a surprise for me because usually if I exploded or became too argumentative in previous relationship I was punished for that by guys who wanted you know to keep me a certain way but he wasn't he was like yeah so you know he had this guts that nobody else did I think he deserved a premium for holding yeah. up with you, do you do you do you get like does he support some of your uh, posts? Do you talk about uh, this anal bleaching stuff and all that crap? With him? Yeah, but he has a sense of humor that's insane. Like some of the things my husband would say, like in general, he's like a superstar. Like his sense of humor could be out there. He's completely insane. He's he's crazy, in a good way. Uh, he has a lot of guts, <laughs> and sometimes in a bad well, way. But that's li- a living with you is uh, that's already a big. I ask him sometimes to say, am I not too much for you? And he's like, no, it would be boring otherwise. Yeah, you're just too much for the community for him. Not nah. <laughs> community can take me. Community can take more than me. Listen, since you surround us around uh, women, what do you think about this new generation of dating apps and, 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 and 
Well, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I tell my husband I ain't getting no divorces because I'm not going back to dating. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I don't mind the apps, but the problem, the problem is when it's only apps. You know what I mean? The problem is when a guy can't approach a girl and have a normal conversation with her. I grew up in Israel. You walk down the street, you look like this is the best thing for your self-esteem as a woman. You walk down the street, you look like a bomb just exploded on your face, you know? And there's always a guy whistling, wanting to sleep with you. And and a lot of women get that, you know, their sense of, of, of confidence from that. So I think a lot of people, time when men are approaching women uh, and you know expressing interest that's a good thing for a woman if it's done respectively respectfully I don't think that you know making a technology controller interactions is a good thing I, I, I agree I think and even in the way I see it now um, dating went absolutely upside down uh, guys who have confidence you know uh, are losing it because apps are taking over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because girls, the new generation doesn't understand when the guy approaches them. They want to be approached through applications. They want to be approached through Instagram because they want to review your posts. They want to review your Instagram stories. So, girls, I want to tell a story about reviewing posts. I met my husband online. And Get his out. profile, yeah. And his profile said, there's two things you need to know about me. So, his photo was really small, and I'm not even sure it was him. It was him. The photo profile said uh, in Russian, I'm going to translate. It said, there's two things you know need to know about me. I always tell the truth, and I have a small crooked dick. And one of those things are true, and the other one's not. If you go on a date with me, you'll find out. That's a good one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and if I were to make my decision about him based on that little idiotic photo or his little idiotic uh, translation, which ended up him being, it was a bet. He went on that website to prove to his best friend that you can't meet anyone except for crazies and infomaniacs on these websites, right? And uh, and he met a few crazies in Infomaniac, uh, uh, and Infomaniacs, and, and you, <laughs> and then me, right? <laughs> um, and he ended up giving him a bottle of expensive vodka on her wedding day as a as a thank you that he sent him to that website. But I'm saying you can't judge a person. We're trying to be so distilled and sterile and clean now, and that we sometimes lose part of our humanity. If you love a man, his quirks his farts, his everything, is part of the things you accept and love about him. Like, I don't know about the farts, but <laughs> the rest, you know what I mean? You, we, you, we, we connect less and less on the human level, and we connect more and more on, we're like swiping men like product now. You're shopping makeup online, and you're shopping for a boyfriend online. You can't make a decision about a person only by his profile. It, there's so much more to it. There's chemistry. There is a uh, sense of humor. There is uh, background. There's so many things we can't really feel and sense with an app. So my big wish for a lot of people would be just to go out more, even to go out on dates with people you're not going to date, just to learn about people and, Absolutely. and continue interacting. Absolutely. But you're going to have to ch teach this to the kids. Yeah. You see, you see, the parents are in control right now of the future of the kids. So I yeah. think that uh, I call it reteaching, 
the new generation on dating is 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 very very important. So how do you think optimally should be done? Right now? Yeah. Well, when the kids grow up, you have to. You know, I mean, talking to your kids is very important. Of course. You know, I think family gathering. I think uh, mm-hmm. school gathering with. Um, with other parents, because you know, kids spend majority of time with, with the same class for about a year, right? So gathering with the parents, you know, I think that's actually part of the problem with the bullying is that the parents meeting are a little bit different than than, than the meeting that I look at the way I think they should be. I think they should be more regular. I think there should be with a psychologist for every session. Yes. Yes. And I think that that certain uh, the, there has to be things that are being talked about in terms of like uh especially bullying in school, you know, classes. Yeah. You know, so I think that there's but a lot what, of what, one of the problems with bullying is that they're good with cleaning up the school environment, but the second that you come out of the school and you're no longer on school property, that's where the bullying happens. And school no longer gets involved. So there's this entire gap of where kids could be bullied, that the school doesn't get involved, the parents don't get involved. We, we need to tackle everything that has to do with our kids as a community. We can't yes. all be completely, fully separated from each other and pretend like, you know, and we are already very isolated. Yes, Elise, and you should be example of, the, of, 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 uh, of stopping bullying 100%. But it all comes from parents too, right? So, so um, parents need to be more involved. I know they don't, don't have time because of, I mean, with all the payments for mortgages and, and um, they have to work and they don't have time. The actual real time. So quality with the time. Kids. You know, quality time where you can explain what bullying is. Even if you're not a bully, if you are a bully, they need to be thought. But I also, going back into sending your kids to sports, like active sports, they, they're being taught discipline. Like we are, we were thought of of how not to engage with other kids in case fights okay, happen, how to properly walk away, you know? So from a bully, you can become just, you know, calm, good kid. I think bullying is also a lot about awareness of the way we communicate and what's what what we transform and i think that's what trauma mommies has done well it's just an awareness on how we communicate within the group ourselves because there's a lot of situation which people don't understand that they're being bullish they a lot of the times people say i'm just expressing my opinion where opinions are like assholes we all have them right but we don't show them to everybody <laughs> <laughs> and we choose the people we show it to uh. right so <laughs> You so, know why I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> bleached assholes. Yeah, bleached assholes. Uh, but not, not that. Okay. <laughs> I also think that a lot of bullying coming from uh, home problems. Yes. You know. Um, and the kids that are bullying other kids very often are the kids that need help the most. The bullies. We live in this black and white society in which one's a victim, the other one's the perpetrator, and uh, and yes, sometimes that comes across in Toronto Mommies as well, and your criticism is, is deserved. And we think this one's 100% right, this one's 100% wrong, but there's almost no situation in real life in which this is the case. Somebody, even a victim, stands to learn from the situation something about how to defend themselves, how to communicate their needs better, how to ask for help earlier, how to not end up in this situation. If they were bullied? Even victims, yeah. I, 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 
and but also I would gladly dis 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 disagree because a lot of women get uh, uh, emotionally so messed up after certain of comments course. and they give up on their dreams just because of I have never met anyone who give up on their dream because of post and Toronto mommies it doesn't have to be only Toronto mommies it's just it, online bullying just it has yes. not, it's it's it create a panic that you give up you don't want to do anything anymore you know i can so see if a woman who just started her business and made a mistake and somebody destroyed her online want to give up so because it's thing, trauma it so is a tra thing, you agree so it's a trauma. of course one thing that i want to say and i i i want it to be said in this podcast if you ever end up being in a situation which you're bullied online because of your business on my, your on your platform doesn't matter which platform okay. um don't first of all don't think it's the end of the world because it's not it's putting the highlight on your business and no one post ever destroyed a business if you have clients that are happy no one post ever destroyed a business They're that's not what i heard come, well, again, you I can't do things. facts. I, I we can't do facts because I'm gonna have to go facts with your posting. So I don't want to do that, and that's why I said But I heard okay, that but there's a few businesses. You're interviewing me, so let me finish. Yeah, on my show. <laughs> on my show. So on your show. <laughs> so I understand where you come from, but I want to see the perspective that I see because it's it's it's. I'm talking from real life facts, right? It puts the highlight, it puts this, the, the, the light is shining on your business right now. There's a controversial situation. Someone's in favor of what you did, someone's against of what you did, right? If people are fighting, people are disagreeing, which is a lot like real life situations. When we stop at a light, somebody's light is red, someone's green, right? They are in a conflict, but there's a way to regulate that. Come in. By an authority not a moderator of a group but uh, again come into that post if you're able to i don't have fake women accounts but okay you, are we still talking about you <laughs> yeah i'm sorry because even when it was your situation no situation you there was no situation but you agreed to the fact of the situation you just said i have a right to act as i acted on my personal post and on my personal your... wall yes not on groups personal okay. wall but trust me you got tagged and hundreds of women went to your personal wall and saw your page. I don't. I mean, I don't care about this stuff. It's I not. Know. I wasn't looking for that kind of publicity. So it's use this time as a time to show people that you are open for crit to criticism. I am. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about a person oh. gets bullied in my group. <laughs> well, you talk about people who are who can defend themselves. Pe listen, Everybody listen, can listen. Defend themselves. Once we go into that, well, look, it's a strong group. Your group is a stronger, and they know that if they even say anything, they're gonna get bombarded with them, with them with more comments. They get scared. I can just feel their emotions, and they just hide. They're not gonna. They're well, not gonna do anything. There's only there's too. I can I can. Look, there's people terrified of your group. Terrified. Don't be. Yes. And judging make by that, friend. and judging by that smile, you like that. Make that. You like make that. that make, <laughs> make your fear your friend. That does does not how with men it would be a little bit different because some men say, "What the fuck? Fuck off! I don't even care." But women are weaker in the startup of their career, business career. They're allowed to make mistakes, but everybody's allowed online, to make so, mistakes. What I'm trying to say is that uh, coming from your background. Is that uh, is there a possibility of a change uh, in your personality, in your group personality, where bullying will stop, full, 
in full and more of an educational process will start maybe bringing that person who was who who was at the end of the story bring him in on the group maybe on the live and 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 have a discussion of, of a situation that happened without trashing without anything else i will think about that because it's an interesting idea of having a discussion with that person, bringing both of them and having a discussion. It just would be fair. But for that, we need to have discussions. And the men. And the and men. Too. I'll, I'll come the, to your show. I mean, okay. if you do, if, if I'll, I'll ask. I wanted to do a show for the longest while. My sure, only problem is the technical part. Well, you can you can figure that out, but oh, I not, didn't yet. Well, we <laughs> have yet. we have guys over here. He'll help you out with whatever whatever you guys need. Yeah. But uh, I think it would be great because you don't have a man's opinion on your on your platform. You have only girls' opinion, but you don't have. We can't what say. What are we gonna do without a man's opinion? What are you gonna do without? Yeah, what are we gonna do without a man's opinion? I mean, I think every woman would like to hear a man's opinion if if they're talking about certain things. We know we have, you men. know, we have. Like, you have your own opinion. Know, <laughs> you know, we have men in in real life, and they give us opinions. Yeah, but the the, 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 the men are probably terrified of you guys. <laughs> you know what? What happened? What happened to men that are strong and not terrified? And, uh, uh, the uh, online wise. Yeah, just they in just don't want to be involved. In real life, there are a lot, but they don't want to be involved in the online, especially with like Toronto Mom. They don't want to do that. Like that's that. okay. That's Everybody I speak to, I'm like, oh, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to do anything stupid. But I don't want to end up in Toronto Mommy's. Uh, uh, One of our Facebook. problems I'm is like, that, especially our community, cares too much about what they think. Well, it is a problem when you live in a small community because it's it is a, it's your image. You, a lot of these businesses are grown yeah, in image. Do you know how many times? Do you know how many times at the door when I would stand and we would not let anybody somebody in a drunk girl uh, and. I think one of your admins from before. Okay, that was like seven okay. years ago. It doesn't matter. Relax, okay? who, who, who said, I'm an admin at Toronto Mommies, and if you don't let me in, a post's going to come tomorrow. So I'm she like, also said that I'm like, I'm uh, move away from the door, the door is locked. But you let us in that evening. You that was not in. me. It was my manager who let you in. I went to the kitchen. And set us by the washroom. <laughs> and, and, that and, was and, me. And I, <laughs> and I wanted to apologize because I gave her shit for that. And I said, never do that. That's not the message that we want to convey. But I also don't control how my name is used. How my group's name is used. They cannot you control it. This is part of you, Alisa. You like that. It's just part of you. And it's okay. You know, it is. You it get to define what's a part of me. Because, because I can see that. Based, <laughs> as I'm, I'm, I'm allowed. Man, I'm, 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 I'm allowed to have my express my opinion. So there's you nothing bad. There's nothing bad in it. I think I think Toronto Mom is, is a big part of you. Like I said, I think a part that wants to help, and and the other part who sometimes like to you know stir up shit. You know, oh, like real life. You know, and yeah, like real life, and and, and that's what makes the group attractive. So you know I have saying? a question for you, because <laughs> we talked about asking you questions. So here's Toronto Mommies, yes. a group that, in, a, in addition to all its controversy, yes. most of the time helps. 95% of the time, yeah. Okay, 95% <laughs> of the time helps. Absolutely. Day in and day out. Absolutely. How can men participate in offering more help? Are you willing to organize yeah, open men? For... Are you willing to organize men-run businesses that are going to be in contact with us from time to time and are going to say, hey, I want to help. My business wants to help. How can I help? And I'm not talking about I money. I think there's only. a lot of businesses would love to do. You just maybe have to. Listen, I don't need to help you organize that because I'm not going to be a part of Toronto Mommies. No, nobody asked you me to be a part. Okay. Or of that, or, or I, 
as much as I said I like it. But I think to open up maybe a day, a week, where men can come in and... And then we have to delete everyone for the last of the time? If there's no bullying, why not? Why leave it? Leave it one, once a week. If there's no bullying... Can you imagine how much work it's going to entail if hundreds of men are going to come in and then I'll have to delete... No, you're asking if you men. want... If, just for help. I mean, you open up a help page. Like, just one day, let's say on a Thursday, men can come in and advertise their businesses for women. How is that helping women? Except for helping men getting free advertising. Well, that's helping men. Yeah, I'm and talking women. about how can men help women. How can um, men-led businesses? How can you help our causes? And I'm not talking only about money. Uh, well, let's let, maybe maybe it shouldn't be business. Maybe I'm a little bit incorrect. Maybe it shouldn't be business. Maybe just a day to express their opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like once once a week, or maybe make a special so event once a men, month. So all men, can I talk to the camera? Yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, if you have opinions about the screenshots that you see in Toronto Mommies, please contact me personally or info at torontomommies.net. Send your email, and I will gladly, anonymously or not anonymously, post your opinion in any post that you would like me to post at. Damn, I like this. This, this <laughs> I, I like. I like it. Good for you. Thank you. I think it will mean a lot to guys to be able to kind of like, you know, say, okay, you stated your opinion on that thing, and I, I'm going to say mine. So I'm I'm glad that we... we um, None of what Shawna Mamis does in any way is a reflection on men. We do it for us. We don't do it for men. It's like a place for us to be without men because men are such talking a about part. men divorces Sometimes. but that's part of us what? that's part of our experience <laughs> we don't get a lot of places where we can be men free without influences of our partners our fathers our brothers our bosses and, and shitty exes <laughs> well they exist whether they're men or women listen these are normal topics like i said these are normal normal topics and i think it's cool that you guys are bringing it up as long as there's like as long as there's boundaries as long as there's like you know we there's some, some sort boundaries. of some sort of censorship you know as long as there's not too much there fire is, being thrown i have a, a last question when yes. you and i spoke before we did this interview you we talked we touched on how do we regulate conflicts and personal relationships so we talked about people being you know uh, couples on the verge of divorce and you said that you believe in couples therapy absolutely a hundred and i wanted to touch it because i think it's going to help a lot of people to look at it differently. So what is your perspective on couples therapy, especially when people are about to get a divorce? Uh, couples are usually afraid to seek a therapist because a lot of them think that they don't need it. A lot of them think that this, I'm not crazy, I'm, I'm you know. Um, We're all crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that should be, I mean, you gave so much energy to that relationship. You know, there, and there is one percent that somebody can help, and that's a professional. You know, when you when when you have uh, medical problems, physical problem, you go see a doctor, right? When you're a mechanic, you go. I mean, when you have a problem with your vehicle, you go see a mechanic. Same thing here. When you have problems in marriage, you see a professional who can see things from the side, and there are like that. They're really, really good. Uh, professionals out there who can help like marriage counselors who can help to kind of have that last step like if it doesn't work after that so i agree with you because a lot of times we go to marriage counselors too long too too late 
right after there's already so much animosity and bad feelings if we a lot of times why things break up is because of different styles of romantic uh, relationships and different and trouble and problems in communication guys don't like to talk about things until it's too late very often women assume and you know come up with stuff in their heads that things are much worse than they actually are people have different expectations and also what i noticed in our community there's not a lot of marriage counselors who speak russian so one it, it's a problem that we have all the time we have these super extra expensive shrinks right that may sp- and they're bound by too many laws and too many governing bodies which it, it's very good that they exist but it stops a lot of people that could have perhaps be good mediators of conflict to ju- work as a marriage counselor so if if one thing i hope that will happen after us bringing up this topic is that we're going to have more people stepping up and say hey i have maybe it's a, a next teacher that knows how to work with conflicts uh, even a bouncer <laughs> you know someone who can be that third person that hel- helps people listen to each other better not teachers are not uh, because they all they all have their of own course, problems and yes. not teachers are not bouncers. but strings but, have their own problems too but they know how to kind of put it aside but look, uh, I want to give my advice. So there's a lot of doctors out there, specialists, who are doing a lot of Zoom now. Yes. There's a lot of them are in Ukraine, in Russia, yeah. uh, worldwide. There's actually, I think there's an application that you can see, and it's cheap, cheap that you can see a counselor. But I just want to say this, that uh, not guys and not girls should be afraid of seeking attention from uh, um from doctors who are professionals in, in but counselors marriage counselors are usually not doctors you know what i'm saying yeah i'm just saying that it's important to understand because you don't have to go through even admitting to yourself oh my god there's a problem i need therapy it's not about that you're using another person with an expertise to make sure that you and your partner hear each other better yes. because me and my husband went through counseling and the only thing that counseling did is make sure that I hear what he's saying and he hears what I'm saying. Because very often we use words in the same language, but we don't understand each other properly. But that's exactly why the relationship always goes sour, is because people are are, are not communicating. Like I said, I said in interviews, I mean, since you watched Victoria, that when it comes to relationship, you are friends. You are best friends first. And not then, everyone will agree with you, you, you but know, I agree with you. Sorry? Not everyone will agree with you, but I yeah. will agree with you. I mean, this is my personal opinion. And and when you start dating, you are listening to each other because you're interested to know one each other. And as you go further together, uh, that goes kind of like backwards and you stop listening to each other. So that's why it's important to have counseling, like you said, is that they, they stop you and that you speak and now you speak. Do you understand? Yeah? Go home. Last question again. Yes. Do you think a marriage can survive cheating? Oh, boy. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's, 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 you, you always, one of the parties is always going to have a, it's just, it's, it's, no, you can't. There are marriages who survive cheating. There are, but. You see, you open up the door for the other person to cheat, and you're always going to have that in your mind. So if you catch her... She can always tell you it's because you did it. Yeah, it's, 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 and, 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 it's, and it's a ticking bomb. You know what I mean? And there's nothing you can say. I mean, it's, it's, it's bound to happen. So no. 
even uh, there we have no. we see so many open relationships these days well if it's agreeable open relationship of course yeah which i also think is a little bit weird like i mean swinging is, is huge now i mean for me it's a little weird i mean if somebody's gonna touch my girlfriend my wife uh, but me it's a little weird you know it's so, uh, even though I'm very open about it, because you know, sexuality. we have this group 18 plus, right? I don't even want to go there, yeah. <laughs> but there was such a big movement before COVID for several years, and I found out so many people live in alternative lifestyles, and so many conversations around that starting to happen. And, uh, and I was wondering, what was your opinion? <laughs> Some people say it makes relationships stronger. Some people say it's a sign that something is wrong. If they both want to try it and agree on it, and they did it slowly without rushing, because I believe that in, into like swinging and into all this open relationship, you got to go very, very, very slow. To make can, sure everyone's comfortable. Yeah, so you get everybody comfortable. So you just don't want to rush. So you want to be able to have that gap to say, you know, I, I don't know, it's, I'll take some time off. If you both agree on it, whatever, I mean, everybody can do whatever they want to. But if one partner doesn't and one does and he's trying to constantly push, that can go into course, a major, yeah. major problem. Everything is changing. The whole world is upside down. I can't even tell you what's right and what's wrong now. Uh, from things that I think I'm right, somebody can prove me wrong, you know. But uh, one thing that I know is that um, for me, Personally, I think that they need to. If if somebody wants to go another way, there's a problem in the relationship. There's there's no other reason why somebody wants to go bang another chick if you if he's married, unless there's a problem with sex or, or there's a problem, some problem. I mean, I, that's the way I see it. But like Do I said, you think I, men I, and women cheat from the same reasons? Absolutely not. So. I think men cheat because we're all dumb and we just want to fucking, you know, we just want to get drunk and just do stupid things men are more emotionally men are more because they're, they're missing something and it's most of the time it's our so fault so women are because they're missing something and men because they're dumb and they wanna yeah, men, are, men, are, men are men you know boys will be boys. boys will be boys but women is most of the time is, is because of, of things are not going well you know at, at home and um, it's most of the time our fault the men's fault is that we're forgetting to keep our women happy, you know, to do simple things, you know, like getting flowers, you know, you know, sending a message, I love you, you know, simple things we forget. And that's what women are looking for. And if they don't see this in, in their relationship, it's a human being. I mean, it's nature, right? We want something, fr we want to feel loved, you know, and men are men, you know. Yeah. Alisa. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast. This Thank was great. I'm glad me. that we, you know, had a great conversation and we came to sort of final little, you know, uh, uh, topics that uh, we both agreed on. And uh, I wish you lots of luck. And um, my personal something to you, spread the positivity as much as you can. And, and you are capable of creating an educational program on your platform to make women greater, stronger, and stronger uh, community as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Yo, G-Man from the G-Show. Let's talk about life and what we know. You want to have a seat with the top dog. Be ready to get down with the real talk. All jokes aside, welcome to the G-Man Show. G -Man Show. G -Man Show.